It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Your Locked On Bruins, your daily podcast on the Boston Bruins. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up, my friends, and welcome back to the Locked On Boston Bruins podcast. I'm your host, Ian McLaren, and this is a daily show where we discuss all things spoke to be, as well as take a look around the NHL. Today is Tuesday, April 6th. Our Boston Bruins found themselves on the wrong end of a 3-2 overtime decision at the hands of the Philadelphia Flyers last night. They'll be back in action tonight against those same Flyers in Philadelphia this time. We'll Take a look back at last night's game, preview tonight's game, as well as bring you some news and notes from the Bruins and around the NHL here in a moment. Before we do, let me remind you to please subscribe to the podcast. No matter what app you use, you can find it there. Each new episode will be automatically added to your feed for you to download, listen, and enjoy. If you could also rate and review, that would be very much appreciated, especially if you're an Apple user. Now, if you're on Twitter, you can find the podcast at LO Boston Bruins. On Instagram, you can find the podcast at Locked On Bruins. And you can find me, my dad jokes, hockey tweets at Ian C. McLaren. And if you don't know much about me, I'll just briefly let you know that I'm a lifelong Bruins fan, been writing about hockey for about 15, 16 years now, actually, and covered hockey full time for about five years for the score. Covered junior hockey and OHL prospects for the last couple years as part of SB Nation and then have been uh, hosting this podcast since October 2019. You can go back and listen to any episode over the last, uh, yeah, 350 something episodes. Don't know why you would do that, but uh, you can if you if you want. Let's begin earlier on Monday with some good news. The NHL announced that Brad Marchand had been named the NHL's third star of the week for the week ending April 4th. Five goals, two assists for seven points in three games. He had a one goal, one assist effort in a 5-4 shootout win over the Devils last Tuesday. A goal in the 4-1 loss to the Penguins on Thursday. And then a hat-trick in Sunday, no, Saturday's uh, afternoon win over the Penguins 7-5. So shout out to Brad Marchand, we're so lucky to have him. Now earlier in the day as well, uh, it was announced that Jake DeBrusque will be back in the lineup on Monday night when the Bruins hosted the Philadelphia Flyers. He had landed on COVID protocols on March 19th and began to develop symptoms a few days later, including the loss of taste and smell. He said he had symptoms, nothing too major, kind of came midway through. Unfortunate situation to lose his taste and smell. That was a bit of a weird experience. He said there was a couple of weird days, but nothing too major. Hits everyone differently, got out of it pretty quick, and he was able to recover fairly fast with nothing that affected his lungs. So that was uh, very good news. He said he had so much energy following the lengthy break and was looking to get even more of a boost from playing in front of fans at TD Garden for the first time for him this season anyway. So good news to have Jake DeBrusque back on the ice. He recorded one shot in 16 minutes and 32 seconds of ice time in last night's loss to the Flyers. Excuse me. Now, 
along the same lines, it was announced that Yaroslav Halak was going onto the protocol list on Monday after testing positive. He would require further testing, keeping away from the team. So Dan Vledar got the start. He was going to get that start anyways, with Jeremy Swayman serving as the backup. Cassidy said, Yarrow popped a positive test, got a follow-up with more testing for him. He wasn't able to get on the ice per protocol. Vladar was scheduled to start Monday anyways, so he got the scheduled start. And we'll see here on Tuesday whether Halak um, tested positively in a false manner, <laughs> if that's a good way of saying it, and if he could play tonight. Uh, if not, we might see Jeremy Swayman in net. Um, Tuka Rask will not be ready to return for tonight's game against the Flyers, but he did hit the ice before the morning skate and is expected to be with the team on the road trip that begins tonight in Philadelphia, continues in Washington later this week. Cassidy said he's getting better, and he'll travel with us, get some work, and see where it ends up. So, yeah, not ideal for uh, the Tugarask and the goaltending, but Dan Vladar certainly held his own once again in the loss to the uh, Flyers, stopping 29 of 32 shots for a 906 save percentage, and he made some, some pretty big saves for the Bruins to keep them in it. One more piece of injury news before we move on. Kevin Miller skated with the group again on Monday morning and could make his return to game action tonight in Philadelphia. He hasn't played since February 18th. Cassidy said he's put some good work in. Today was maybe one of the final tune-ups. That would have been yesterday. Back-to-backs are going to be a challenge for him at any rate, so we wouldn't see him in both of these games. Going to have to monitor the way the year has gone. Targeting Tuesday tonight for him to play. That's the plan. And they'll see how he reacts to it. For last night, it was Grizzly McAvoy, Zboral Kampfer, Lozon, and Connor Clifton. I wouldn't mind perhaps seeing a scenario where Tenorti remains in the lineup. Lozon perhaps moved over to the right side. The right side is a bit weak at the moment with Carlo out as well. So perhaps you have something like Grizzly McAvoy... Zboril, Kevin Miller, and then uh, Tenorti and Lozon. I don't know if that would work. I don't know if um, they have an appetite to move Lozon back to the right side with Clifton and Kampfer healthy. Uh, but, you know, I'd probably give the edge to Steve Kampfer at the moment over Connor Clifton if one of those guys was to stay in the lineup. Uh, so, yeah, we'll see later on today whether or not Yaroslav Halak is cleared. And we could get Swayman's NHL debut here tonight against the Philadelphia Flyers. Keep it locked to at LO Boston Bruins for all the latest. Before we move on to last night's game, let's talk for a moment about rockauto.com. The family-owned business, and they've been serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. Go to rockauto.com to shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. Everything from engine control modules and brake parts to tail lamps, motor oil, even new gas caps. Whether it's for your classic or daily driver, get everything you need in a few easy clicks delivered directly to your door. Their prices are always reliably low and the same for pros as well as do-it-yourselfers. Go to rockauto.com right now, see all the parts available for your car or truck, write locked on in their how-did-you-hear-about-us box so they know that we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need 
at rockauto.com. Gil Martin here, host of the Locked On NHL podcast. Join me every Monday for the three biggest stories from across the NHL, including how newly traded players are fitting in around the league. Check out the Locked On NHL podcast every Monday, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Locked On Bets is the place to go for all your sports betting advice. It's a new podcast hosted by your boy Q and handicapping expert Lee Sterling. Daily picks, blowout specials, wrong team favorite picks, and Lee Sterling's lock of the day. Follow Locked On Bets brought to you by betonline.ag wherever you get podcasts. All right, so let's get to last night's game where the Boston Bruins fell to the Philadelphia Flyers 3-2 in overtime on Monday night. Carson Kuhlman and Patrice Bergeron scored, but it was uh, Sean Couturier who tied the game on a power play opportunity given to the Flyers on a pretty uh, weak play by Jeremy Lozon and then Travis Sanheim who won it in overtime. Now, a couple notes on that. I know a few weeks ago or a couple weeks ago, I made that comment about Carson Kuhlman not really doing anything notable uh, for the Bruins. I tweeted tongue-in-cheek last night that I've always believed in Carson Kuhlman and in fact, that snipe that he made last night was quite impressive and uh, all credit to him there. That's the kind of thing I would have liked to have seen from Zach Sinitian, but unfortunately he hasn't been able to find the back of the net just yet, and he only received 7 minutes and 38 seconds of ice time, in fact, with uh, zero shots on goal. I think that's the third game in a row where he's got zero shots. So, I don't know. Uh, he's not really getting the ice time to prove himself, but he's not really making the most of that ice time either. So I'm not sure uh, what... The, uh, what the plan is here with Sinitian, but it doesn't look great. And Kuhlman with the 11 minutes, 24 seconds, one shot, one snipe, certainly earning his time moving forward. Um, Bruce Cassidy, after the game, said there were some good things in this one. They took a lead into the third, took a bad penalty. That was Jeremy Lozon's hooking penalty. Uh, second of the night, he said it was the same guy, similar type penalty. Going to have to do a better job with his one-on-ones and going to have to do a better job identifying what you can get away with. That's been an issue. So kind of calling out lows on there for those um, penalties that obviously hurt the team. Only chance they gave up in the third period and it found the back of the net. A good shot through a screen. Overtime, couple pucks on their sticks and they weren't able to get to the net or get past the goalie and ultimately they did the game winning play was kind of a yeah just a, a rare occurrence of Patrice Bergeron looking a little silly out there he took a wrist shot from the point it was blocked by Travis Sandheim skating backwards on the back check uh, blew a tire and then Sandheim was able to move in and get the puck past Vladar uh, Vladar said the whole locker room wanted two points a little disappointed but we play these guys tomorrow, which will be tonight, and he thinks they're going to come back. I mentioned Vladar continues to impress with each opportunity he gets. He delivered a number of very impressive saves in this one. He looks poised and controlled in the net. He, uh, yeah, stoned Philly with a couple saves, especially in the second period. Uh, one at the right post on Claude Giroux, and then lunging to Rob Travis Konechny. 
Cassidy said, obviously, they're big-time saves. He's a very athletic guy, never quits on a puck. That's what everyone loves about him. He's going to have to work on his technique a little bit, like every other young goalie. Puck play, little details, but he's a battler, and he's been great for the Bruins. You need those type of saves for sure. It gives the team some juice, especially after a penalty kill. And, um, yeah, he's making some acrobatic saves out there. He's looking pretty solid and everything that you could hope for, really, in a rookie goaltender. I mentioned Kuhlman, and uh, Cassidy said he certainly could be a guy that adds some secondary scoring and has for us. He has a good shot, good release, goes to the net, Finds himself in good spots. Bit of a size issue for him, Cassidy mentioned. He gets pushed out of the good ice at times, but is using his speed to create some distance. And better this year at getting inside, and he's more willing to do so. Uh, In the goal that he scored, he found some good ice at the right place, waited for a shooting lane or traffic or help, whatever you want to call it. Did a nice job. Shot it past the goalie from 35 feet or whatever it was. And that's an NHL goal all day long, Cassidy said. Good for him. A little bit there that he likes. How much more he can offer remains to be seen until he's in there on a regular basis. But on this night, he scored a big one. And um, yeah, he has earned the right to uh, have a more, not prominent spot, but at least uh, try to get some of that third line right wing ice time at the moment earlier in the day Cassidy had said you know it's harder for these young guys to come in and they're used to getting prime ice time at the AHL level power play maybe some penalty killing 20 minutes a night or so 18 minutes a night when you come into the NHL you're not getting those special teams opportunities per se and Your ice time is limited at 5-on-5. You have to make the most of those opportunities. So far, Kuhlman is outplaying Sinitian, certainly, uh, with those opportunities. And uh, we'll see here coming up if there are any changes to the lineup. I could see a scenario where um, Anders Bjork is coming in uh, to spot a Sinitian at some point. Bergeron, I should note, Patrice Bergeron moved into sole possession of fourth place on the Bruins' all-time scoring list with his go-ahead power play goal 46 seconds into the second period. Uh, He had appeared to hit the milestone on Saturday against Pittsburgh, but his helper on Brad Marchand's second goal of the night was wiped away due to an official scoring change after the game. So he now uh, surpassed Rick Middleton with... 899 career points, one shy of becoming the fourth Bruin with 900 for his career, along with Ray Bork, Johnny Busick, and Phil Esposito, surefire Hall of Famer, surefire Jersey retiree, and uh, just continues to play at a high level despite that, um, yeah, not gaffe, I would say, in overtime, but unfortunate blown tire. Bergeron led the team with six shots on goal in this one, followed by uh, Pasternak, no, Ricci with four shots, Pasternak with three, and overall, the Bruins played, I mean, well enough to take this one. They were outshot 32-29, but, you know, were it not for that unfortunate penalty from Jeremy Lozon, they 
should have had a better chance to to hold on to that one and ultimately they weren't able to but they'll get right back to it tonight against the Philadelphia Flyers and hopefully they can uh, take the two points this time and not allow the Flyers to make up any ground in the playoff race. I should mention that real quick. Right now, the Bruins still in fourth with 44 points through 35 games. The Flyers, three points back, 41 points through 37 games. So the Bruins do have the advantage, and it comes to games played, a couple games in hand, uh, 629 point percentage compared to 554 a bit concerning, the Bruins are only plus 9 in goal differential, although the Flyers minus 22. Uh, the Rangers in 6th are at plus 18. Uh, the Bruins now 6 points back of Pittsburgh for 3rd in the division with 3 games in hand. So, you know, you can look back and see the Phillies kind of creeping up a bit, but when you look at the games in hand... There's a possibility of catching Pittsburgh for third uh, instead of, you know, falling back and uh, allowing Philadelphia to catch up. So big two points on the line tonight, and hopefully the Bruins can grab both. BetOnline.ag is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. They have you covered for all major sports as well as awards, TV shows, reality TV, real-time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine. They have you covered for news, scores, odds. It's the best way to place your bets. It's also free to sign up. Just head to their website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit by using promo code LOCKEDON. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. Gil Martin here, host of the Locked On NHL podcast. Join me every Monday for the three biggest stories from across the NHL, including how newly traded players are fitting in around the league. Check out the Locked On NHL podcast every Monday, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Tuesdays on Locked On NHL, it's all about that East Coast bias, as Locked On Sabres host Joe DiBiase and Mike DiStefano of Locked On Leafs take a look at the biggest stories in the Eastern Conference. Locked On NHL is the place to be for Eastern Conference intel every Tuesday. Subscribe to Locked On NHL wherever you get podcasts. Let's finish off with some news and notes from around the NHL. If you listen to the 31 Thoughts podcast, you might know that Jeff Merrick and Elliot Friedman were joined by Chris Johnston, and they kind of went through each team to see if they'd be buyers or sellers. Elliot Freeman said that he really wonders if the Bruins will go all in with some uncertainty in regards to Tuka Rask. They might not have confidence in Halak or Vladar for a long playoff run. Uh, Chris Johnston countered by saying that there's kind of an understanding that with this core that um, they will do whatever they can to solidify the team for a playoff run you get in you never know what's going to happen and they certainly won't be sellers how much they buy uh, that remains to be seen but Johnston seems to think that they will indeed be active prior to the deadline Merrick for his part he is big on the Phil Kessel to Boston train which would be a great story Uh, I can't see it happening but that would be pretty cool. The The Coyotes are actually back in the playoff picture, so they might not be sellers as we once thought uh, with the Bruins perhaps having an eye on Alex Goligoski or 
uh, Connor Garland down there in Arizona. Frank Saravelli of TSN uh, updated his TSN trade bait column, and he said there are six firm buyers when it comes to the trade deadline, the Maple Leafs, Jets, Islanders, Hurricanes, Avalanche, and Panthers. He puts the Bruins in the secondary soft buyers, searching for specific needs, uh, looking for a top six winger and or defensive muscle. He put Kyle Palmieri up in the second spot this week on the list. Uh, Jake DeBrusque, who had been previously on this list, is currently off. Uh, Matthias Ekholm has really fallen as well, as it seems as though the uh, Predators being back in the playoff race probably won't be looking to make that deal um, at the moment or anytime soon anyways David Savard Jamie Oleksiak Josh Manson Brandon Mottour Nikita Zadorov these are some of the uh, lesser quote-unquote defensemen that could be made available I would expect the Islanders to be pretty active they could be in on Palmieri Taylor Hall uh, with the Injury to Anders Lee. Darren Dreger has reported that there's a sense trade talk involving Hall has escalated, not to the point where a deal could be imminent, and uh, it's very possible that the um, the Islanders are in on that. If you look at the league standings, there's really some clear favorites in terms of Stanley Cup contention this year. Uh, I'd say there's like probably seven seven or so teams, six teams that are really separating themselves as the cream of the crop in the NHL. You have the Avalanche, Florida Panthers tied atop the league standings, followed by Toronto, Tampa Bay. Uh, then you have Washington, Carolina, Vegas, the Islanders, um, and the Penguins, all with at least 50 points this season. Um, I don't know if the Penguins, per se, are contenders but the Bruins right now kind of in that middle tier where they're a playoff team but probably not a deep playoff team um so we'll see what approach the brain trust of uh Don Sweeney and Cam Neely and John Ferguson Jr. come up with here with the trade deadline now less than one week away the Canadians benefited from their trade acquisition in Eric Stahl. He scored his first goal with the team, an overtime winner. They did lose Brendan Gallagher to a fractured thumb, I believe, so that could put a bit of a dent in their hopes if he's out long-term. And some sad news to end on, a Minnesota medical examiner ruled the March 3rd death of Miracle on Ice standout Mark Pavlich as a suicide. The former Team USA and NHL forward was receiving treatment at the Eagles Healing Nest in Minnesota as part of a civil commitment for assaulting his neighbor on August in August of 2019. He was diagnosed with a mild neurocognitive disorder due to traumatic brain injury, likely related to repeated head injuries. Our condolences to Pavlich's friends, family, and former teammates. A very real reminder of kind of the... Uh, effects of brain trauma and it uh yeah just makes you feel for guys who are out there giving it their all and uh getting yeah really banged up in their heads severe 
brain injuries and, you know, very scary stuff. And our condolences to Pavlich's uh, family and friends. So, yeah, a bit of a downer to end the podcast, but uh, definitely worth mentioning. And uh, just a reminder again, yeah, the dangers uh, of playing this game uh, that we love so much and that we will watch again tonight. We are all looking forward to the Bruins getting a chance to redeem themselves against the Flyers. Keep it locked to LO Boston Bruins on Twitter for the latest lineup information. Tomorrow will be a mailbag day, so please do send in some questions. And uh, yeah, I hope you all have a great Tuesday. Kind of uh, crazy times up here in Ontario as schools are closing once again in lieu of online learning. Uh, Not a great situation, but um, just pressing on, trying to do our best, take it one day at a time. So if you do in the next few days hear some (laughs) kids in the background, you'll know what that is coming from as uh, we try to wrangle them and do some online learning here as the school year kind of well not really winds down but moves forward with online learning so yeah have a great tuesday friends thanks so much for listening thanks for subscribing take care of yourselves take care of each other we'll be back tomorrow to recap tonight's game against the flyers as well as answer your mailbag questions peace hey prime members You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.